prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if you recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, AfriChrist, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app. It's very well done and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again and may God bless you as you're listening. This is Sam Kawesa, your host today once again. Today, I have the pleasure of coming to you from our outdoor portable studio. And so if you hear some ambient noise, if you hear a truck passing by, if you hear a plane overhead, or if you hear birds chirping, then you know why. It's because I'm outside. And the reason I chose this conversation to be outside is so that I can understand myself or I can envision the power of God in the nature and the things that he created. While the story that we're going to be looking at is not necessarily uh, in the same um, setting, because we're going to be looking at how the children of Israel were freed from slavery and how God used Moses, Aaron, to uh, speak the word and let them free. And so I just wanted to do it outside so that I get that feeling of the power of God, the uh, sovereignty of God over all things, all nature, because that's what we are going to see. So uh, in this podcast, we're going to go over uh, quite a few things, but it will be the same amount of time. So the story of Moses and uh, freeing the children of Israel is not going to be in, at every point. I'm not going to go every point because most people do know it, but I want to make it such that those people who don't know it can understand or see the power of this. One of the things I want us to understand is that for those who believe, God has directed a power to us word. That's what uh, Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians. Because he was seeing these believers walking around, uh, praying and doing things, but they did not understand the power directed to us word who believe. And that's so he prayed to God. He said, Lord, I pray that you open the eyes of their understanding, that they may see the power directed to us word who believe. And so in the same way, I pray that you will see the power directed to us what we believe as we go through this story so that whatever you are going through, whatever it may be, it may be a personal issue, it may be a national issue, it may be whatever, it doesn't matter. I want you to relate it to this prayer of Paul praying for the Ephesians and that is, Lord, I pray that you may open the eyes of their understanding that they may see the power directed to us what who believe and for that reason really 
I want us to pray at the very beginning because I really believe this is a very powerful message that uh, has to sink in, especially that it requires us to understand that God's power and directions and instructions are much more powerful than what we may be up against. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you asking you, Father, that you may open the eyes of our understanding, that we may see the power directed to us, word who believe, that we may understand that regardless of what hurdles are against us, regardless of what we may be uh, faced with, whether it's an illness, whether it's a loss of job, whether it's a loss of child, whether it's a relationship. But Father, we thank you that you're opening the eyes of those that you have called to be a Moses, those you have called to be an Aaron, to see that they can overcome the Pharaoh by using your word, by looking to your word. Thank you, Father, for this and all that is going to come before us today. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll, I'll read through some of these points so that as we go through this, this podcast, you will see where we're going or you will at least know what we are going through. So number one, we, we will see how God can use seemingly powerless or disenfranchised people or person or issue to bring deliverance or a seemingly weak um, uh, situation you may be in to bring deliverance to you, and not just to you, but even to others. Number two, we'll see God using what is available to overcome insurmountable odds. In other words, just like God asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? And he said, all I had was a, um, a stick, and he told him to throw it on the ground, as we shall see. So it doesn't matter what you have. God is sovereign, and he's going to use that. Number three, we are going to see God helping you overcome unbelief or low self-esteem. Number four, you're going to see uh, that God is the source and of the power, not the human tools that we have, not the stick that he told um, Moses to throw on the ground, not um, the tools that you may have, not even your computer, not armories, whatever it is. It's not that. It's God who is the source of the power, and we shall see that. Number five, God sets the time and not the perpetrators and not the sickness and not the circumstance. God sets the time of completion of the task. Number six, persistent stubbornness is going to come. Arrogance from the people attacking you is going to show up, but we'll see God overcome all that. And number seven, stay firm. Know who he is. Know who God is. Once you know who God is, then you know that the task ahead of you is much weaker than the power behind you. Those who have a servant spirit are always backed up by God. So you're going to see that if God sends you or calls you or anoints you, it doesn't matter what odds that you face. It doesn't matter what time it is in your life. God is going to use you because his full power is behind you. That's what Paul was praying for through the Ephesians, okay? You know, the world we live in seems to have so many insurmountable hurdles at this time, whether it's a personal, community, national, international. Say, for example, at this time, we are facing the COVID-19 pandemic, which is sweeping the whole world. And we have seen all through this year, even through our podcast, we've been talking about this. But uh, from nation to nation, you know, we've seen it come in waves. Even within the nations themselves, we've seen it, uh, say for example, in the United States, we've seen it, first it was in New York, in uh, uh, 
Washington state, then it comes to this other state, now it's in the southern states. So it's kind of like waves going through. And sometimes, you know, when um, you are being attacked or you are undergoing something, it looks like the, the perpetrator themselves, they're in control. And so they determine whether you're going to live or die or make it or not make it. But I want to say to you, do not give up. Be firm because no, it's not. They do not have that power. You know, God is all powerful. God is almighty. They may have some power, but they are not almighty. God is almighty. So the little power that they have, we can overcome with the almighty power of God and only through his instructions. So when God chooses a task for you, he promises and delivers all the backing that you need and all the support that you need. And, you know, for example, Moses was a very insecure man because of the way he spoke. So when God called him, he called him in, in, a, in a funny way because as he was tending to the animals, God started burning a bush but the bush was not burning you can imagine seeing this fire going up and down up and down the bush but then the bush is still green like now i'm looking at these bushes around me i can imagine the fire going through and then i can see how moses would be just like i am thinking that's not possible how could that fire be there and it's not burning let me go see and that's how god calls us many times he calls us in ways that we may not understand he may call you to do something and you did not intend to be whatever it is that he's calling you to do as we shall see later on in this story a man was called but he was called through a back door way and God was training him in a back door way but when he came up because the power directed to us what who believe was on him the resistance had to go and god provided him with the ways uh, to overcome this and so this is not just bible stories these are things that are happening even today and we shall see so now we see here moses objecting he's saying to god i can't do this and many times when god calls us to do something it may seem so powerful that we may say, I can't do this. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I don't have the wherewith. I don't have the support. Whatever it is, you are going to give some objection. God understands that. God will train you. So let us read Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. Uh, this is when Moses was bringing his concerns to God. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them, God? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. God said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I have been watching closely 
and I see how the Egyptians are treating you, I have promised to rescue you from, the, from your oppression in Egypt. I'll lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, so please let us take the three-day journey into the wilderness and offered sacrifices to our God. Now one of the things I want you to notice here, he told him that tell him I am who I am. Now if you remember when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, he used the name Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Up until this time they had been using God's name for provision. They had never used the name of God, I am who I am. In other words, God had never used the name Yahweh, Adonai. He had never used that with the children of Israel. And when God says, I am who I am, there is power. Remember when Jesus was being arrested and they had said, who is he? He said, I am. And remember what happened when he said that? They all fell to the ground. That's the power in the name I am. It's not just words. That's a name of God. I am, in other words, self-existent. No one made me. I am everything. I make everything exist. I am. That's powerful enough. When God calls you to do a task that is more powerful than the resources you have, than the power that you have, then you know you are going under the power of I am. So whatever comes to you, you just tell them, I am has sent me. I am has asked me to come to you. I am will have it accomplished. That's what God was telling Moses here. And that's what the power directed to us what who believe is the power of the I am. That's what Paul saw and he said, I pray that you open the eyes of their understanding that they may see the power directed to us word who believe the power of the I am. So now Moses is started off uh, with the great name of God I am. Now this is what makes everything else virtual. This is what I meant. When those people who depend on God look at the situation Everything else becomes virtual reality. You know, today we have VR, virtual reality. Things look like they are real, but they are not. God basically transforms you and puts you in the realm of the spirit that causes everything else to be virtual. They are look-alike, sound-alikes. They sound like, but they really are not. Okay, so that's what the Pharaoh is about to become and he doesn't even know it. That's what your situation is about to become and he doesn't even know it. That's what cancer is about to become. That's what your tormentor is about to become and they don't even know it. Virtual reality. We will see God using what's available with you. So now when God uh, turns everything else virtual, then what that means is everything else become pulverized in the presence of the I am. That's what the Pharaoh will face, okay? Virtual reality is described as a simulated experience that can be similar to or completely different from the real 
world. There are some applications that give you that virtual reality. You've seen like say the video games, people play video games, they're so involved, they really act like they're in this situation, but they really are not. It's a virtual imagery. If they go on one side of the screen, they, just, they see the regular chair that's there. But as soon as they start focusing on the screen, they really feel like they're there some of those movies you know where you go in and they give you the um, uh, those glasses that you wear and you feel like you're right in there that's virtual reality that's what god turns those situations into they become virtual reality he takes you out of the screen area and puts you in the real area where he is the I am where his power is going to show inside of you or from uh, what you're going to be doing, okay? In the natural realm, we see that there can be the corrupted deception of someone thinking that they are so powerful. I'll give you an example. I remember um, in the Philippines, uh, President Marcos and Miss Imelda Marcos, the leaders, they seemed like they were so powerful. And so there was this man who stood up and started um, bringing people around and he was very popular. So what they did, they killed him. And so they thought they had it done. They had him gone. But they forget one thing, that these people are now not operating in the natural realms. Prison Marcos and Imelda Marcos were operating, but they were now in a different realm. So guess what? A small lady rose up, the wife, Corizono Aquino. She rose up and guess what? She led that country out of dictatorship because now she was operating outside of virtual reality. The president and his wife and all his cohorts, they were operating in virtual reality because they were seeing this arsenal that they had. They were seeing all these tanks. They were seeing all these guns. And they forgot that now God had put them on a screen. They were looking at this screen of virtual reality. When time came to fire, they couldn't even fire the guns because the power directed to those who believe in freedom given to people by God, those people overcame. And that little lady, Corizono Aquino, rose up and led her nation out of dictatorship, okay? So that's the kind of picture you can see in the natural realm. Now, one of the things that happens again or in this fight is unbelief and resistance. Surprisingly, what's going to happen is the... Uh, Resistance may come even from within you. You start to unbelieve. You start uh, unbelieving yourself, your self-esteem. You think, oh, I can't do this. Your own family may tell you, you can't do that. You can't go to that school. You can't go to that university. And then you start believing that you really can't do it. Moses expressed this kind of fear. He expressed this kind of fear to the Lord. What if they don't believe me? What if the Pharaoh doesn't believe me? But you know what? God started to coach him. Let me read you Exodus 4.1. Uh, 4.1 through 7 says, But Moses protested again. See, this is another time. I think he protested like three times. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? So the Lord asked Moses, What do you have in your hand? And he said, A shepherd's staff. Moses replied, Throw it to the ground. The Lord told Moses. So Moses threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, 
reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed its tail, and he turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him, then they will believe that the Lord God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of, of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, his hand was white as snow with severe skin disease, leprosy. Now, put your hand back in your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put it back in, and when he took it out, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. So you see, God is here showing Moses that he is in control. He is the one who healeth thee, the Lord that healeth thee. He is the Lord who creates life out of inanimate things. This was a stick and it turned into a living serpent. And then he turned it back into a stick again. What does that mean for us when we are undergoing situations? See, you may be in a situation where everything seems to be dead, but God can turn it into life. God is saying that he can tell you just touch it. Trust me because the power is from me. And when you touch it, the life that was threatening you, the thing that was threatening you, turns back into something inanimate. So usually the unbelief, like I said, comes from within you at first. There is resistance. Many times you'd be surprised to be around the people around you. And many of them may not even mean uh, bad, but they'll just say, you can't do that. You can't do that. I have a situation where my son was in college. Uh, after he graduated, um, he went to, ad to the advisor who really, really was a very good advisor. She had this list of companies that could hire him. Uh, he had gotten his master's degree at 23 years old. This kid did his master's in one year. Immediately after doing his uh, bachelor's degree, he went into a special program and he finished it in one year. So at 23, he had his master's in accounting. And so now he went to the advisor who had advised him so well all through his college years and you know say well a nice time for employment what do i do and this lady had a list of all these accounting firms in the country and they were like listed according to the um the best of the best whatever criteria they used so one two three four whatever and then my son noticed that she had yellowed out starting at like number six for him to apply to those. And he asked her, well, how about this? Oh, no, 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 don't even try those. I just didn't want you to get disappointed. And he said, why? She's like, this is, this is the top of the top. People who go there go to schools like Harvard, okay? Well, my son is a believer. This kid, he can push when he can. And so, remember I told you that when God calls you, sometimes he will call you and the burning bush will not be really burning. In other words, he'll call you in ways that you never understood, in ways that you don't think. And then when Moses went to the burning bush, it wasn't burning. Guess what? God was speaking from the bush. Okay? So now my son was going to the library to study, and uh, a friend of his who was older in college was standing in, near the library, but he knew that this guy talks a lot. So he's like, uh, I'm trying to avoid him. So he tries to avoid him, and then the guy says, hey, hey, so he, he couldn't avoid him now. So he goes to him. And as he goes to him, as they are talking, this, he asks him, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing a mentoring thing for people in my major. They were different majors, okay? And uh, one of these guys, you know, is coming. He's a, he's a big guy in one, of, in one of these huge firms. And he used to go to school here. So he's one of the mentors and he was here. And so as they are talking, this guy 
a card falls out of the, uh, my son's friend's uh, um, hands. My son notices it's uh, a farm in the major he's in, but he knows that this guy are not is not in the same major, and he says, "Oh, who is that?" Then he tells him, "Oh, that guy is a partner in this in this farm, and he's a big guy. He's one of those people who came to speak to us." And, and he, because he went to school here. Then uh, my son says, can I have that card? He said, no, but you can take a picture of it. So he took a picture of it. And my son, he sent him an email and just told him, I was so proud to see that someone from this school is in such a position as you are. The guy was amazed at my son. So he wrote him back and he said, oh, you are in this major? And he said, yes. And they started communicating. And he said, he said you know what? I'm in another state in the South. However, our company has a branch in another state and I am going to refer you to another principal in that company so that you can send him your resume. And guess what? That company was number one on the list that the lady did not want to, for him to try because he would be disappointed, according to the lady. This was my son's burning bush. This was the burning bush, okay? Because my son contacted this gentleman. He went for an interview. He was supposed to have, I believe, four or five interviews. They were so impressed with him. They did four. And he works for the number one firm in his major, not just in America, but in the world. It's rated number one in the world. That was the burning bush. That's the power of God. Unbelief will come from people around you, not because they want to do harm to you, but your family members. They just don't think you can do it. They forget that the power behind you is greater than the task ahead. So that's what I'm talking about when I say unbelief and resistance sometimes comes from within, okay? Now, also don't forget what I said earlier, that the power directed to us what who believe. That's what Paul was praying just never underestimate the power directed to us who believe. My son somehow was walking knowing that the power directed to him who believe is greater than whatever the obstacle was to go and work for this company. Okay. Now, just remember that the power source is not you, is not your tools, is not what you have, is not your enemy's tools. See, your enemy may have everything. He may be lined up against you. He may be the Goliath. But guess what? The power source is God. And so God can control what the other enemy has against you for it not to do harm to you. Similar to what happened to the uh, Hebrew boys when they were thrown into the fire. The Bible says that they threw them into the fire. It was so heart that the guys who threw them in the fire themselves got burned. But when the king came to look, he looked and wait a minute, I thought I threw three people in there. I see four. And guess what? The Bible says that when they came out, they did not even smell like smoke. That's what God does. That's the power directed to us what who believe. It knows how to extinguish the burning sensation, the burning um, element in a fire that the enemy may have against you, the sickness may have against your body. They may say that you have all these conditions that set you up for corona to just get you. You have everything that corona needs to kill you. COVID-19 has killed people like that. They never survive. 
guess what? God will take you right through it because the power directed to us what who believe is greater than the power ahead, okay? So now, that's because the power source is God. He knows how to unplug and he knows how to plug it in. Now, the first thing God does is to remind and assure us that the sending power behind you is greater than the task ahead of you. God demonstrated the power behind his support with two quick supernatural transformations, you know, for, for Moses, turning the walking stick into a living serpent and back into the inanimate, a piece of wood. And then the other one was unleashing the, the healing power by showing him that, look, you may put your hand in some place and you may get sick, but I am the one who is the final healer. And on that note, I'm going to move back into the studio. And um, as we conclude this podcast, this is going to be the last part of it, part two. And I know you're going to enjoy it because we're going to connect everything together. See you in a minute. second part of our podcast i'm back in the studios and i'd like you to really start to relate present day things happening to us to the scriptures that we have gone through or and which we are going to go through for example when moses was being called by god the struggle he went through and today we have a very good example of a moses of this country malawi who went through the same thing see on this podcast we like to interface daily happenings with scripture we cannot uh, exclude god from the things that are happening to us or else we'll never see the miracles just like we saw in the last podcast when the disciples failed to relate the miracles that jesus had done of feeding thousands so when he walked on the water they didn't recognize him as jesus the divinity, they recognized him as man. So they said, oh, he must be a ghost. So many times things are happening in our lives and we can't relate them to God because we never give him glory for the things that happened before. And so as we saw in the Bible before, in the last podcast, what happens is our unbelief is instead fed. The Bible said of the disciples when they didn't believe that it was Jesus, that it was a ghost, the Bible said that because their hearts were hardened, let us not harden our hearts to the things happening today so that we don't lose hope, so that we don't lose heart when we see that everything is upside down in every area of our lives. That's because we can't relate what has happened. So here, I want you to see the struggle this gentleman went through before he went into politics. It wasn't easy for him, but he had God's voice, and his struggle was very similar to um, that of Moses. So here, take a listen to the struggle he went through to accept to go into politics from being a pastor. My name is Lazarus Chakwera, and I come from Malawi. You know, I look at myself 
and all that I have become as a result of grace. See, I was born with uh, some kind of impediment. I couldn't talk to uh, uh, people. I, you know, if there's three, five people, I just shut down. I, I wasn't able to communicate. But God changed my whole uh, life and future after I had met him personally and began to redirect my life uh, toward uh, uh, ministry. I, I have seen God's grace. Uh, I have preached to five, I've preached to 50, I've preached to 5,000, I've preached to more than 50,000 in large stadium. It, it's just taking God's grace. There's no way I could have ever dreamed that that was gonna be possible. And more recently, I, I, I had to argue with God over uh, a direction in life that didn't seem <laughs> natural to me. And um, uh, this is what led me to where I am now, where I'm running for president of Malawi. And it was a struggle for me um, to make that decision. Talked with God a lot, and read the scriptures a lot. And one day, God spoke to my heart and God was not saying, I'm pulling you out of ministry. God was saying, I'm extending your ministry so that you are able to pastor a whole nation. I said, how is that possible? So as you can see here, he went through that Moses conversation with God. How is that possible? And it may be happening to you in your life. It may be happening in different areas. It could be a professional life. It could be a marriage life. It, uh, you're getting married or whatever the situation is. And God is moving you. See, for me, um, I personally say that when I quote unquote retire from my secular work, it won't be a retirement, but rather it will be a reassignment. And I believe right now God is starting to prepare me for that reassignment in the different ways. And one of them is this podcast. And by the way, this was planned many, many years ago. I have a plan that I wrote down as based on Habakkuk 2, 2 that um, when God gives you a vision, write it down. These podcasts, I didn't just start them like uh, when podcasts became popular. I started them when Apple first introduced even the term podcast. Some people don't even know where the word podcast came from. But those who had the original iPod, not iPad, but iPod, when everything was turning around and the digital um, sound was coming into uh, iTunes, the word podcast comes from um, iPod. So it's podcasting. And that's where the word comes from. So I was there at the very beginning, but I had no idea what God was training me for or teaching me. But now I know that even du during that time, he was calling me to this kind of ministry. So I can understand where this president is going through the struggle. Because personally, I struggled also. I was like, how am I going to support my family? I have a very young family. But God has had years to come. The different hurdles came. Cancer came in the family. We overcame it. So many things that the devil had done to put us down, but we overcame it. That's what I'm trying to encourage you because the Bible says that when the enemy comes like a flood, he raises the standard. The Israelites are told to put blood from the slaughtered lamb, the Passover lamb, on the doorposts of their homes. 
and so that the death angel will come and bypass their home. Now, as Christians, we know one thing, that Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain, represented by this lamb. Many people don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus. He gave us a representation in this case. They smeared it over their doorposts so that when the death angel comes, he just bypasses. Many things are going to happen in the world, but God has given us the power to plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb that was slain, and his blood on the cross is the blood that we plead. We don't have to kill lambs anymore. Just like when a policeman comes to you and he stands before you. In the United States, they have the FBI. When they come to your house, the first thing they do, they show their badge and they say, FBI. And at that point, you know the authority. And then you have to do what they tell you to do or listen to them. Now, the same thing here. When you plead the blood of Jesus, you are putting protection before you. You are showing who you are to the situation. So now that's what was happening with the children of Israel. And then after that, they had the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, in, uh, again in, in 12, 15, 20. You know, for seven days, the Israelites had to eat bread made without yeast. This bread can be prepared quickly without waiting for the yeast to rise. So the Israelites had to leave immediately as soon as the signal is given. In other words, be on the ready. Things will start moving quickly. Things will start moving, whether it's in the legal process, they will start moving at a rate that you will not understand. Things that you never knew could happen. And we shall see that example in what we are going to give as our last example in the things of the world. At this point, uh, let us recap to see what leads to the blood of Jesus or what led to the blood of Jesus with the children of Israel and Egypt and also so you can relate to it, to today's events and the example we're going to give of Malawi about the covering of the blood of Jesus because a lot of people do not understand it, even Christians, that the power of the blood of Jesus will protect you against unseen, unknown, and seemingly powerful fall, whether it's uh, physical things or spiritual things. In Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 through 13, God promises Moses and Aaron that he will perform many miracles if the Pharaoh refuses to let the Israelites go. See, these signs include ten plagues, but these occurred over a period of three years. When we read it in the Bible, people think that it happens like within a week, one immediately after the other. But no, God gave the Pharaoh chance to change because the Bible says that God would rather see a sinner repent than die. When you hear the story of Malawi, you will know that those changes taking place, they didn't just happen in one day. Just like the lawsuit that they had against the uh, uh, corrupt government, it took, I think, almost a year. But these things have been happening over a period of time. God gave these people a chance to change. And then he rose up a Moses in that country. God would rather that they survive. So anyway, number one was the uh, blood. Remember the river Nile turned a red and the fish died and everything. But then what happened is the magicians of Egypt tried to do the same thing. In, uh, in other words, they tried to invalidate this miracle. So Moses went back to um, God and then God says, okay. Then God um, brought on frogs. They polluted the whole place. Uh, that was number two. 
Then number three, the nuts, or G-N-A-T-S, you know, uh, things were rotting all over the place and carcasses were all over the place. Then the swarms of flies came, number four. And then there came the, uh, the, the cattle pest. Cattle in Egypt were used for more than just food. They were used uh, to farm. They were used to do different things. They were used like you would horses or cars or trucks to carry things around. So in other words, he affected their economy and they still didn't see it. Then boils. Everyone had boils. You couldn't sit. You couldn't walk. They were in the feet. They were in the hands. Everywhere. And number seven, there was hailstones, rain. It was raining hailstones. Everything was damaged. You can imagine. You can't walk outside there because it's like someone is throwing pellets at you. Then the locusts. And then uh, in Exodus 10, 21 to 29, there was darkness. It covered the whole of Egypt. The only place that wasn't dark was where the children of Israel were. Finally, number 10, the 10th plague. That's what did it. Because now it's going to involve human life. They started to die. They lost their firstborn. The Pharaoh, everyone, every male child who was the firstborn in a family, they lost them. What happened in this case, the children of Israel, their homes were spared. Because God told them, take some of the blood of that lamb, put it on the doorpost so that... When the death angel comes, he will not come into your house or into your home. That is a symbolism for us. He was pre-telling us what his son is going to be. He's trying to show us that when my son dies on the cross, you are going to do the same thing. But physically, because you all won't have him in your home, you can just plead the blood of Jesus. That's why when on the Last Supper, Jesus said, do this. In remembrance of me. When you do that in remembrance of Jesus Christ, you get the protection. You may not understand it. We may never understand how it works, but that's okay. Let's say you have an infection in your foot and you take an antibiotic pill. When you take that pill, you don't understand how it breaks down in the, in the body. Now, for me, because of my secular training, I know exactly what takes place. This is what they call the pharmacokinetics of a drug. All the things are calculated. So now, think of it. You take it in your mouth, but it's going to affect your toe. Why? You don't understand it, but you do it. We believe it. They tell you this will help you, and you believe it. And lo and behold, it does help you. So the same thing here. Don't struggle to understand necessarily the blood of Jesus, but just you believe. And he gave us the example in the book uh, of Exodus with the children of Israel. So now with that, we shall continue and complete our podcast with the uh, example of this country what i will do i'll just let you hear this man speak after he was inaugurated as president of malawi god has a destiny for us and the bible says in jeremiah 29 11 you know uh, those who listen to my podcast they know i bring that up all the time because that's our destiny it says in jeremiah 29 11 it says I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to help you succeed. They are not plans for evil. You know, I have paraphrased it. So God has plans for us as people, as nations. They are not 
for disaster. You will see that God wants us to succeed as people, as nations. But many times we have corrupted the ways of God. We have corrupted his plan. And now this last example I'm going to give you of uh, President Lazarus. In fact, his name is amazing because if you remember the story of Lazarus, Lazarus had died and his sisters came to Jesus and said, if you had been around, he would not have died. But Jesus says that this has been done so that the name of God will be glorified. And what did Jesus do? The first thing he did when he went to the tomb of Lazarus, he put his hands up and said, I thank you, Father, that you hear my prayer. And then he said, Lazarus, come out. Now this Lazarus of Malawi, so you may know what his story was, he had two older siblings who had died before he was born and the family was down. And then when he was born, his father decided to name him Lazarus. And the reason being that inside his spirit, this man of God, he believed that this baby is somehow going to cause things that are dead or seem dead, resurrected back to life, just as Lazarus in the Bible giving him another chance. But in this case, his father knew somehow, he may not have understood at the time, that this boy Lazarus is going to be a source of life for things that seemingly are dead. That's how God is. He's going to bring a Moses in your life where there is going to be a Lazarus or a symbolism similar to Moses. I dare say that in Malawi what happened is as the children of Israel crossed through the Red Sea, the Bible says that there was a cloud by, uh, by day and there was a fire by night. I looked at this situation of Malawi and I said, where is the cloud in this case? Where is the fire in this case? If you go and look at the story of Malawi, their cloud, I dare say, was their legal system, the Supreme Court, the court system. Lazarus, when they lost this election, the second election, he and nine other parties went to the legal system. And then after one year, the elections which were rigged were overturned. That was the cloud guiding them by day. Then what was the fire by night? Look at fire as firepower. The Malawian uh, army is very, very disciplined, unlike many armies around the world where, which are protecting dictators. They are very disciplined. So what happened in this case, they were the fire. They supported the Supreme Court decision. That's the fire by night. This man, Lazarus, had no guns. His party was not in power. All they had was the, the cloud by day, the legal system, and the fire by night, which was the army. So now the people were protected as they crossed over into this new leadership led by a Moses called Lazarus. I want you to relate and interface this. Like I said, I don't want to make my podcast political, so I'm using this, whatever it is. I want you to relate it to this story, not in a political sense, but in that if God can do for them, he can do for me. If God can do for us, he can do for this. That's how our God is. He wants us to interface the things happening to us to the things 
of the Bible because that's how God is. God's word is our rock. Jesus is our rock, the rock that's higher than all. We stand on that. When you're persecuted, when you're attacked by the enemy, when the enemy puts disease on you, believe me, God will use whatever means and imagine God working in a modern day crossing. That's what Malawi went through. That's what he will take you through in your own life, in your own way. Just remember, relate the things happening, interface the things happening today to the word of God and you will be victorious. I want you to listen to this uh, president of Malawi speaking, giving glory to God in regards to destiny. As you listen to him, remember the things that we have gone over. You'll see them manifest. It will encourage you to know that God is real. God is more powerful than whatever man has. And so just know this. God is on your side when you do the right thing. God is on your side when you're being persecuted. God is on your side when you're ill and sick. He is not your enemy. Go pastor this country. That's just one sentence. But out of that came the power because God's word is so powerful. All you need is a few lines and it will overcome because it's the power of the I am. So Lazarus Chakwera went with the power of I am to the court systems. Lazarus Chakwera went with the power of I am to the uh, population and they listened. Even as God told the children of Israel that I have seen your tears, I have heard your cry, and I am going to deliver you. The Malawians believed this man because he was carrying with him the power of the I am. When you carry the power of the I am, it doesn't matter what Pharaoh of the world is facing you. Stay firm. Stay firm. Whatever your situation is, whatever the Pharaoh in your life is, you know, this is so powerful. I want you to listen to it. It's only a couple minutes, but it shows the power of God. Okay? We have a date with destiny. As you know, many dark forces have labored to prevent this election, but they have failed because no force on earth can stop the change that God has decreed for us. For 26 years, Malawi's wealth has been plundered, its institutions paralyzed, and its citizens impoverished by a toxic dynasty of two families but God has given us another chance to choose change. That is destiny. For 26 years, Malawi's democracy has been hijacked by cheats whose hold on power is built on fraudulent elections, violent campaigns, tribal voting, and minority rule. But God has given us this fresh election to restore every voter's power to bring change and every voter's right to enjoy its fruits. That 
is destiny. For 26 years, Malawi's vice presidents have been mistreated, underutilized, harassed, and slandered. But God has given us Dr. Chilima, whose courage has confronted this disease and answered the call to cure it on behalf of all Malawians. That is destiny. For 26 years, Malawi's political parties and leaders have forged enmities and their followers have had disputes. So now, as you can see, that's part of the speech that um, the president, the new president said. But what I wanted you to get in there is how he showed that destiny that is of God cannot be stopped. That's what happened with the Pharaoh. He tried to interrupt, to interfere with the work of God. God sent uh, Moses and he told him to go back Ten times. One of the things I want you to get is Moses, every time that Pharaoh refused, he did not go back to Aaron. He didn't go back to the children of Israel. He didn't go back to the advisors. You know what he did? He went back to God. So if in your situation, you are in a situation where Everything seems to say no all the time. You've been taking this board exam, whether it's law exam, medical exam, or wherever you need to be certified, and you flunk it, you fail it. Go back to God. Then he will show you what to do. He will show you where you are wrong. He will show you where his power is. He will show you his I am in you, and you will go back. And one day you're going to pass that exam. Whatever it is, the situation, the sickness, the illness, you may be, the doctor says, you know what, let's try this. You go try it and it seems to fail. You could be a diabetic and they tell you, try this drug, try metformin, try glucotrol, whatever it is, go to insulin. But you know what, God will get you to the end because when finally you get to that which you need, what your body needs to do, you will be healed. And now let me tell you about healing. See, your healing may be continually taking that medicine. A lot of people confuse this. They think that healing means that you stop taking the medicine. No, 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 no. I tell people all the time in my practice that your healing is at hand, but you're going to need to take this pill. You're going to need to follow your doctor's directions. This is how your healing is going to be. And guess what? I have seen people who have survived for 30 years on this medicine. If they had not taken it, they would be dead. And so they were healed. Don't think healing means they take away the medicine. In other words, medicine and God are not mutually exclusive. They can go hand in hand because God is the one who created all those things. So in this particular case of the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh thought that he's going to use his chariots to overcome the Israelites. He's going to use his power to say no, his power to denigrate, his power to marginalize. Now, don't forget, the Israelites were few here. So the only thing they had on their side is the word of I am. Now, you may have the word of I am in your situation, and that's all you seem to have. 
But guess what? It's much more powerful. That's why um, we saw in that prayer of the to, of the Ephesians to God, Paul said, "Open the eyes of their understanding, that they may see the power directed to us, word who believe." And so, once you see what's going on around you, and you realize that it all comes under the foot of the Father, then when God says, "Do this." You go ahead and do it. The same way he told Moses, the same way uh, uh, President Lazarus was sent. He was he was comfortable. He was better than the other Malawians. But God called him. He said, I want you to pastor a nation. It is possible. Moseses today are being created all over the world in different situations. It's not just politics. It's in every area of our lives. One time we had this podcast and I, I gave the example of a, a lady who goes to went to the same high school as I did. And that lady, um, she is now a Moses to a lot of people in the United Nations because she heads the uh, United Nations uh, AIDS um, body, whatever it is, uh, whatever it's called, I forget. But you know what? She's out there pumping away for the people poor people of the of the world those who don't have the um uh the money to buy the uh, these drugs and guess what her experience i i dare say is going to spill over to the coronavirus to the covid-19 situation because she has a heart for people okay so now i want you to know I want you to know your situation is not dire because if you have the I am with you it makes no difference what the four has what the four things he can do you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus it doesn't matter what they have let me tell you like the pharaoh they will be overcome the situation will be overcome because God used uh the same horses that they were bragging with to run right into the waters of the red sea and the waters covered them and miriam started a song the horse and the rider you know the pharaoh was destroyed with his great 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 army because he was dealing with the i am the one who is the one who will be the one who was Emmanuel okay so just remember when the Emmanuel is with you your situation is not dire don't lose heart you will get better don't lose heart you will do better don't lose heart you will be delivered whatever the situation okay i want you to know that the pharaoh is no match to the i am i want you to know that the pharaoh's Amory the pharaoh's horses the pharaoh's chariots the pharaoh's spears and no match to the word of god to the word of the i am remember moses all he did is to obey the word of god god says now put your stick on the water and the water divided then he said now raise it again put it on the water one more time the water came back then where there was life there is now death so that's what you have to understand that yes the pharaoh may brag 
because he went after the children of Israel with all his might. The Bible says that he picked 600 of his best chariots and then all the rest of them to follow them. And he came after them. He knew they were on foot. He knew they had nothing. But guess what? He did not know they had the I am, the creator of the universe with them. And so just remember that. Don't be discouraged in your situation. You will be delivered. And on that note, uh, let us complete our podcast today with prayer. And as we pray, let us remember every point that we have covered today. It's been a lot of information, but I know that it's been a blessing to you and will continue to be a blessing in your life as it will be mine. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord, thanking you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father, for providing the Aaron's, the Moses's, Father, even the Pharaoh's who have shown us your power because in your word you said that um, all the things are going to happen so that the Egyptians would know that you are God, that the Pharaoh would know that you are God. So, Father, even those people and those situations in our lives that will be Pharaoh's of our lives, Let them know that you are God. By the time you're done dealing with them, they will know that you're God. By the time you're done helping and delivering us from the different situation, they will know you're God. We thank you for the examples that we have seen, the real-life examples, even that of Malawi. We pray for that nation, that Lord, Heavenly Father, you'll guide them. We pray for um, President Lazarus, that you may continue to guide him, Lord, that you may continue to give him that spirit of uncompromising a stand with you and who you are and what you've done with his life and in the lives of his people. We pray for Malawi, that Lord, Heavenly Father, you'll be with them, Lord, that they will look at their leader and continue to pray for him because your word says to pray for our leaders. We pray that the Malawians don't take it for granted that because they have had a Moses that they have arrived because there is yet the the desert to go through. They have to do a lot of things to bring up their country, Father, even as their leader once said that the people may have been impoverished by policies of the past, They are not a poor people. They are not a poor country. Because, Father, you have bestowed that country with everything that they need, even as you have done so with every country, Father. Because in your word, as we've seen in Jeremiah 29, 11, that the plans you have for us are for good and not for evil, plans to prosper us. So, Father, we know that that country is destined to prosper. Let it be an example to other African countries. Let that man become a leader in Africa and in the world to show that if you have a servant's heart, the full power of the I am is behind you. We pray, Father, that he may minister not just to Malawi, but he may minister to other places of the world, especially Africa and even other African leaders. Let them look to him for guidance, Father, because we know he approaches you. He comes to you. And in your word, you say that because you hear us, you answer us. So we know you're going to answer his prayers. We pray, Father, that you answer the prayers of the suffering people all over the world where they have been taken advantage of, where people have not reached their full potential because of the leadership, Father. We pray that this man will be a beacon of light, that people will see that you are not mutually exclusive with our lives, that you're interested in how we live, you're interested in how our leaders lead. 
Thank you, Father, for this example that you've given us in the name of Jesus, especially in this time of COVID-19. We continue to pray for the world, Father, that we will overcome this pharaoh of a disease that has come up against so many nations, Father, that has hit and killed so many people. We pray for a cure, Lord, above all, that people will know that you are the final healer. But, Father, we pray all those people, all those scientists who are working on a a vaccine or even a cure, Father, we pray for them for wisdom. We thank you for the leadership of countries where they have taken this head on and they are helping their people. And those who have not, let them learn from the other countries that have overcome it, Father. We thank you, Father, that this has shown us that we are in this all together. Thank you, Father, for humanity. Thank you, Father, for the love that people have shown to each other in this situation, Father. Not just in their localities, but those who have reached out to other nations, to other places, especially those who don't have as much as they do. Thank you, Father, that you are with us, that you who created this universe, Lord, you want us to be masters of it, Lord, because we are your representation. Let us be a reflection of who you are here on earth. Thank you, Father, for everything. And I pray for victory for all those who trust in you, Father. And every Moses out there, Father, that you give them the perseverance of the Moses of the Bible who went, who came back to you ten times and the patience not to use his power that you gave him with impunity. He could have done many, many more things against the Pharaoh, but he let you do the work so that your name will be glorified. So, Father, we pray for all leaders of the world, especially those who are using the resources of people that they are leading one way or another. Those leaders who are causing divisions in their countries, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you touch their hearts. And all those who refuse to listen to you, you do the same as you did for Pharaoh. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, we glorify you, and we lift you up now and forever. Amen and amen. So my brothers and sisters and all listeners, I thank you for listening in in this very long podcast, but I believe it will help you to understand the different pharaoh situations in your life, in your countries. Please pray for all leaders. That's what the Bible means. It doesn't mean that you support what they're doing. You pray for them that they may see the light. Even as Paul prayed for the Ephesians, as we saw that, open the eyes of their understanding. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now we come to one of my favorite um, things in this podcast. And that is looking at the countries that have been downloading. And usually I like to give you the top 10 downloaders. And so in this last 30 days, let's see who they are. Okay, we have a new top guy in our downloaders. Woohoo! The first one is Kenya, number one for the first time. They are the biggest downloaders in the last 30 days. Nigeria came in number two, India number three, and I think it was number three last time also. Then the United States has fallen to number four. Uh oh. United States, pick it up. Now we have Ethiopia coming next, then Ghana. Ghana has also fallen. It usually is up there. Now, a new one that I've never seen on our downloaders is Macau. Macau, welcome, brothers and sisters in Macau. Please download some more and tell some more about us. 
Then Malaysia, Malaysia usually always there somehow. There are some people in Malaysia or my Philippines. Philippines is usually very, very good, but they are way down here. Uganda is the same thing and South Africa to round off our top ones. I thank you all and please keep referring us to other people so that your country may go up again. Thank you. Oh, I've seen Canada's fallen off their radar. Mm, that's a kind of shame, you know. And people in Europe, somehow, somehow, the Europeans are not downloading as much as they used to. And I'm praying for you so you can download some more. This is Sam Kawesa signing off and wishing you the best. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.